Moto America fans, it's time for another episode of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you may even learn something from this unlikely pair and their special guest. The mic is yours, Paul and Sean. Hello, Moto America fans, and welcome to this latest edition of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. I'm Bice here in Central Ohio, and I'm joined by Carruthers in Southern. Did I say Southern Ohio? Central yeah. Ohio. Is it, is it big enough to have a North and a South? <laughs> well, Southern Ohio would be Cincinnati, but technically, I'm in Central Ohio, close to Columbus. But, yeah, I, I'm in but, South Rhode Island. <laughs> Paul Carruthers is in for sure Southern California. So, hey, Paul, how's it going? It's going good. We've, uh, it's been a really awesome day. We, um, I don't know for those of you that, that don't know, I, I'm sure you do by now, but, uh, uh, Wayne Rainey was able to ride a motorcycle again for the first time in 26 years. The first time since his accident, when he was, uh, leading the Italian Grand Prix and leading the world championship on his way to what looked like a fourth world championship when he suffered his career ending injury. And, you know, 26 years later, he threw his leg over uh, a Yamaha R1 and, and burned some laps at, uh, at Buttonwillow. And it was, it was really, it was an amazing, very touching, emotional day. Um, and today, you know, we, uh, we released the video um, from that day, which has interviews with Wayne before and after and interviews with Yamaha's Keith McCarty and I, I'm very proud of how the video came out. Our, our guy, Doug, did an amazing job. And I think it really, it's, uh, you know, I, I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of response. There's a lot of people that have seen it and, and a lot of people that it brought tears to their eyes. And, and uh, it's very cool. It's like some of the comments are just amazing. And it's actually, uh, it's, it's probably one of the best days I think we've had at Moto America as far as, you know, really conjuring up some emotion in our fans and, and obviously in the Wayne Rainey fans. So yeah, it's a, it's been a little tiring day cause you know, it's been, it's just been hectic, but um, yeah, it's nice to see that it's nice to reap the rewards of, of people enjoying what we, what we were able to produce. You know, we've joked from time to time about whenever we have uh, Wayne do a post, a video or, or something, it's he's kind of like our secret weapon when we want to really push the numbers on our social media. And I, I've said before, it's like, you know, release the Kraken and he comes out and does that thing. Well, man, I when that video came out and I got it just for the listeners to know, I'm, I won't get into it too much, but I didn't know a thing about this. And I was as emotional as anybody else was to see this. And I... I Paul, yeah. when I first saw it, I looked at it and it, I let it loop a bunch of times and I just kept sitting there and I was like, I cannot believe it. And it, it went for me initially not being completely sure that it was Wayne on the bike. I actually thought because it, it I, I recognized obviously the, the, the rainy logo on the back of his leathers, but it looked a little different because he's wearing Alpine stars. And when he raced, he wore Nankai. So um, that threw me off a minute and then he's on, he's on kind of look what's looking like a, a street version of an R1. So that was a little different. And I was like, is that, is that Cameron Bobier wearing rainy leathers? And then, <laughs> then I finally, my wife looked at it and I finally realized, no, that's really him. And of course I was just wanting to see more, which I can't wait to see, but, um, that must've been something. And this, this happened at a, a private test, wasn't it with Yamaha at, at Buttonwillow, is that is that kind of how it, how it came about? Yeah, it was to to. I'll try to keep it relatively short, but I think what happened is, is he he got invited to to do this event in Japan, 
Um, it's sort of a legends thing at, um, at Suzuka, you know, Kenny Roberts will be there, Eddie Lawson. I don't know what other guys, but I'm sure there's some other Grand Prix past legends that will be there. Um, and they invited Wayne and one of the Aoki brothers, uh, also is paralyzed and they set him up with a motorcycle that had all the same mechanism that Wayne ended up with, with it, his ride here. Um, and they sent Wayne the video when they originally asked Wayne if he was interested in riding, he, he turned him down. Um, then, then it, I think it kind of got his interest going a little bit. And when he saw the video, uh, it really got his interest going. And then basically he told them, look, I, I want to try the bike and see how it feels, um, over here before I make a commitment to, to actually riding and, you know, in front of, you know, a zillion people that will show up to Suzuka to, to see that kind of thing. So, um, mm. they basically shipped all the stuff over to, uh, to Yamaha US and Keith McCarty and the guys. Uh, put it all together on an R1 and 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 met us at uh, at Button Willow and it worked out fine because they were having a test anyway. They had uh, they had Cameron Bobier and their new rider Jake Gagne were there uh, riding laps on the the Monster Energy Attack Performance Yamahas. Um, so it was kind of cool because Wayne was actually uh, we were sh they were sharing the day with some car racing teams, so they would alternate sessions. So. When the motorcycles went out, it was actually Wayne and Gagne and Cameron were on the track together. And obviously Wayne was, was, was quite a bit slower than them, but it, it was cool because every, you know, obviously when they'd catch up to him, they, they gave him plenty of room and they'd give him the thumbs up. And he, he thought it was really cool that the, the respect that they showed him, but it's kind of cool when you think about, you know, there was, you know, a couple of, uh, you know, there was six or seven or eight AMA championships, Moto America championships out at the track and three world championships with just, you know, three or four guys riding around because Josh Hayes did a few laps as well. So it was kind of cool that it was, it just had a really cool vibe to it because again, there was nobody there, but the people that mattered and the people that were, were working it and, and everybody was, it, it was pretty emotional. I mean, when he first went out on the track, it was, uh, you know, I'm going to preface this by saying when he talked to me about it a few weeks ago, I, I wasn't real hot on the idea. Like I actually told mm. him, I just said, oh, I just don't think it's a good idea. And at yeah. the time I kind of thought he was looking for maybe, you know, a, an out, you know, like he wanted some, right. but I, I was speaking from the heart. I mean, I just, I just, I wasn't, I wasn't sure. comfortable with it. I, I was worried about something happening and I would worry about him getting hurt, you know, worry about a bunch of stupid stuff. And then he told me, he goes like, I just want to try it. I just want to feel, feel that feeling again and going through the gears. Oh, and when man. he said that, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know what? Just let's, let's just do it. And yeah. to see his, to see his reaction yesterday at the end of the day, the first, his, after the first session, he, you could tell he was a little, he, he was a little unsure because it was just so different for him, you know, because he's riding that motorcycle. Mm -hmm. And if you think about the contact points you have on a motorcycle, it's your feet, it's your legs, it's your butt and it's your hands. And uh, he didn't have any, he doesn't have any of that, but his hands. So you can imagine it was a bit right. daunting for him to take off and, and leave the pits on this bike where he's, you know, it was just unusual for him. But the first session, um, I think the first session he was a little, he questioned it and then, and then he took a break and went back out in the second session and, and really had a nice time with it. And that's when he decided that he would go ahead and do the Suzuka event. So. Wow. How, how, so just how are the, what is the mechanics? I'm not real specific, but I'm just thinking like, just how does he start off and stop? 
How does that even uh, work? Keith, Keith and the Yamaha guys would, uh, would, we will hold the bike up and, uh, we, we get, we got him on there and, and just kind of gave him a little push off. And it was really like, like he said, when we, you know, the first time it was just like, you know, you got your kid on training wheels and you take his training wheels off and you kind of run with him a little bit and give him a push and hope for the best. And that's kind of what we did. Right. Um, and then, <laughs> and then when he, when he came in, we just catched they, you know, they would catch him and, uh, yeah. And it, it was, it, it, it was really smooth and, and I think pretty easy for everybody involved. And the second time he took off, it was just like, no problem. He's just off and going. So uh, yeah, yeah, it didn't have any. You know, it is kind of, it is kind of, well, you're right. And in fact, what I was going to say is, you know, so it was what September 5th, 1993 is when he had his accident. And I remember not too many days after that, I remember talking to Bob Starr at Yamaha and he had said that, you know, he said, Wayne's going to try to ride again. And I think you, you might know, have some insight on this, Paul, but I had heard that even back then they were trying to figure out how to put outriggers on the bike. He wanted to ride. He wanted to get back on a bike or his 500 again. And then of course, a lot of time passed. And this, this was to what it looked like. It was a, pretty much just a bike that he had some straps to secure some things. But other than that, it was, it was really him doing the whole thing. How does, how did he, uh, there must've been some kind of a, what kind of a shifter mechanism? Was there something on the handlebars? Yeah, it, it was push button, uh, upshift, downshift on the handlebar. And then they had it set up okay. to translate it actually down to the, the, to the shifter and that the Japanese company that put that together. And then that's, that stuff's getting wow. taken off the, that bike that he used at Button Willow and getting sent back to Japan. And they'll, Yamaha there will set it up on the bike that he's going to ride there, which I believe is also an R1. But, uh, it worked pretty well. It was, it was, the system was, was flawless. I think he was, he, he would like the buttons to be a little closer or something. Cause he said it was a little difficult sometimes to hit shifts, but he was, I mean, it, it worked really well. It was, it was cool. And like the, the, it was, it was very simple the way they did the foot pegs in that it's, um, you know, like, um, high end road bikes have the, the, the clips for your shoes. And that's basically yeah. all it was. It was bicycle pedals instead of the foot pegs and his boot would just snap right in. So it kept his, it kept his feet wow. in place, but it's also set up like much like a bicycle that if you were to crash, they, your, your, when your, your foot would slide, it would actually release. So it, I, I think it was pretty, okay. it, it was secure yet safe. And I, I, when I saw that, I'm like, wow, that's really smart. You know, it's simple, something pretty simple, but, but obviously, uh, it works well. You know, I'm always fascinated too when most any rider these days comes back into the pit wall and, you know, there's a guy there that's kind of almost catches the front of the bike and holds it. They almost, it's, it's like the same way. I mean, you know, you can almost not put your feet down anyway because the guy's there to hold it. Is that, is that kind of how it works? Somebody caught him at the end of when he came into the, after his lap? It, it's exactly right. Like yeah. if you were just an, if you were just an innocent bystander sitting there, I don't even think you'd notice that you know, the, there was any difference to, between it, between it being, being Wayne or, or anybody else. Um, yeah, they just pulled up to a stop and he was real smooth coming in and they grabbed him and, and that was it. It was, it was a piece of cake. Did you, obviously in the beginning, he was probably taking his time a little bit. Did you feel that he, he got some speed going as he was doing this? Yeah, the first session was the first session. You could tell he was pretty cautious, which I mean, he was cautious the entire day as he as he will be for the rest of the time. But yeah, um, it, he, you could tell he was he was going pretty slow and trying to figure it out because, you know, there's 
there's leaning and, and and everything that he's ever done in his life on a motorcycle. This was completely different. Uh, so yeah, it took him a little while. The, the second session was cool because I think the first session they said, he, you know, he got up to like 98 miles an hour, but the second session had to have been 120 or more because it was cool. <laughs> he's coming down the straightaway and he's just banging gears. And, and then you could see when breaking for turn one, you could see actually, you know, some fairly heavy braking and it was cool. I mean, that's, I, you know, I, I'll be perfectly honest. I'm kind of a softie at, at times, even though people yeah. probably don't think I am, but I mean, when he, when he, when he did that first session, I mean, I had to, I kind of had to walk by myself down the pit road a little bit just to kind of like get away from everybody. Cause it was, you know, it was hard not to be emotional. Oh yeah, for sure. And you, you know, I, you had said that Keith McCarty had some involvement in this, but this was mostly the reason for this button wheel thing was the, the test for Jake, Gagne and Cameron. Did Cameron and Jake know that, that Wayne was going to be doing this? They didn't know. Um, oh. they didn't know. And then, and then they saw me there and then, and then Wayne showed up and, you know, um, at that point they started asking some questions and people told them that when I talked to Gagne and, uh, and Cameron, they were just like, Oh man, this is the coolest freaking thing. And <laughs> they were just really, they were really pumped for him. And, and uh, I know Cameron reached out to him in a text uh, later that night and told him how cool it was to have him on the track and stuff. So it, I just think it meant a lot to everybody. And it just kind of showed, I don't know, just, it just, it just had a really nice feel to it the whole day. You could tell everybody was just into it and, and happy and, and sad. And, you know, it was just a range of emotions, but it was, right. it was, it was really yeah. cool. Cause obviously, um, you know, by the time the day ended, it was, it was nothing but a happy festive day and everybody had smiles on their faces, including Wayne. Well, it's amazing. I mean, October 23rd, he turned 59. He's 59 years old now. So that's a pretty big deal for, for, you know, anybody at 59 years old to, you know, be on an R1 on a track and do that. I mean, it's, it, it's just, and of course he's going to now do this thing at Suzuka, but I wonder if, he'll want to do some more, right? If you'll want to ride beyond that more, you know, what do you think? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, like he's got some buddies up where he lives in Carmel that go on weekend rides and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I bet he'd like to join in with them some, sometime and, and make that happen. I mean, he, the bike would have to have some sort of outriggers for him when he came to stoplights and things. But I think now that he sees that, uh, you know, what's actually possible and how well, the equipment works. Um, it might be something that he wants to, uh, to do every once in a while. You know, it's, it's one of those things too. Uh, you know, I always got a sense when he and Eddie Lawson did the shifter cart thing and Eddie was really into it. And of course, uh, Wayne's dad, you know, helped with the development of the cart that Wayne rode. And I always got a sense that it was cool for those guys to do the cart, but it, obviously a shifter cart is not a motorcycle and it's, you know, it wasn't quite like what really Wayne wanted to be doing. And so, um, whereas Eddie, Eddie raced in IndyCar for a while. So he had some car racing experience and, and, uh, it's, boy, I just can't imagine after, you know, 26 years to be able to finally do this. And, you know, it probably, I don't know, in some ways can maybe make him feel like he can relate even more to what's going on nowadays. He's obviously got the memory of when he raced, but to have that feel again, even though it's a different feel than it was, it's still got to make it, make him feel pretty good about, you know, kind of being part of it again, that way, um, that brotherhood, so to speak. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's cool. I think the shifter cart thing filled a void at the time. Yeah. Um, but as you said, it's not, it's, it's not the same for him as actually riding a motorcycle because that's really all he's ever done, um, you know, until the accident. So 
Yeah, I think it was, uh, I think it was a really big day for him and you know him, he's so modest and, and, and yeah. it just kind of rolls off his back. And, but I, I could tell, like, I, I guarantee he, when he went home by himself, um, you know, with Shay and stuff on the night that the, the ride happened, I, I bet he laid in bed and, and had not only had a smile on his face, but, you know, actually kind of took in what, what the day, you know, meant to him and to everybody else. So it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the weather was good that day. Was it cool or was it nice weather? What was it, it like? It was, it was perfect. It was, you know, low eighties, no wind. It was just, it was, it was really, it was just a stunning day. I mean, we, we got up really early and, and started driving so we could get through LA without too much traffic. And I think we got there at seven thirty in the morning and it was beautiful and we got all set up and then Wayne got in and we got them all suited up and, uh, and he got to go out for a couple of sessions. So it was, it was cool. That's really cool. So we've, um, we've seen that d during this off season, you know, some of the teams have tested. I know that Westby racing has tested a couple of times. I think this was a, and we knew from J talking with Jake when we had our podcast with him that he was going to test with uh, his new team and they were going to test side by side the Richard, the bike that JD rode. And then obviously the bike that Yamaha had last year. And at this test, Let's talk about that a little bit with, with Jake and Cameron. Is, is that what they did do? Did they, go, did they each go out on both of the bikes? And is that what you saw? I think, um, again, my main focus was on the Wayne deal. Uh, it looked right. to me as though, um, it looked to me that, that Jake was just working, that was riding 90% of the time on Garrett's old bike. Um, and I think, oh, I, think okay. I saw him on Cameron's old bike or not old bike, but the, the, the standard, the bike that he rode last year or this year. Um, right. And I, Cameron, I saw on both bikes, which would have been his bike from this year and also the attack bike. But, uh, Oh, so you did see him riding the attack bike. Yeah. Then. I don't okay. think Anya rode the attack yeah. bike at all. I think they were just getting him up to speed with, you know, seeing what the bike felt like and getting everything positioned the way he needed it. But he looked really good on the bike. I mean, they obviously Cameron always looks good, but, uh, considering it was his first time, uh, Jake looked good and I, I didn't, I didn't pay attention to their lap times or anything. So I'm just going by, um, visuals, but no, they, they look comfortable and he seemed happy. I talked to Jake briefly and he was, you know, over the moon that he's got this opportunity and it was funny. He was like, yeah, I've never been inside that trailer before. And I, I, I was joking <laughs> with him. I'm like, you, you haven't had any trailer before. So he was, I don't think you're was, right. Well, that's not true. I mean, Danny Walker had the, had a big semi and stuff, but this is going to be, uh, it's going to be different for him. You know, he's going to, he's going to really be able to just focus on himself and his riding and, and know that everything else is taken care of. The, the bike will show up ready to go. And there's going to be somebody that can, uh, continue to keep it going and, and make it as best they can for him. So he can really just focus on, on him and racing his motorcycle, which is, makes a big difference to those guys, you know? You know, it's funny. Um, uh, afterwards this, I could see the, some of the guys I follow on Facebook, um, like, uh, Mike Canfield who worked with, uh, Garrett this year, you know, put out a pretty emotional post about what he saw with Wayne. And I even saw Steve rounds did it too, who works on that, that team as well. So I know what I'm, what I'm getting from that is not only the fact that it was emotional for those guys too, of who are, you know, around our age. So they've, they're, you know, Wayne's a hero of theirs as well, but also the fact that they're, they're there and part of this team and presumably will be this year. So it sounds to me and what you're saying with regard to the truck, the lounge, so much of what they did last year is similar, is going to be similar going forward 
Is that, does that seem like that to you? Um, I, I didn't give it much thought when I was there, honestly. Right. I mean, the attack truck was there and the Yamaha truck was there. Oh, so it was okay. just sort of like, it, yeah, th so they have both trucks there. So it wasn't, you know, I, I wouldn't, I, I couldn't deduct anything from what was actually going on. And, and also, you know, it's, uh, um, you know, I got the chance to talk to Mike Canfield a little bit and it seemed like he's, you know, secure and having a job, but he was the only one I actually posed the question to or, or talked to about it. So the other guys, um, who knows? I mean, the other guys could be contracted through the end of the year and not coming back or they could be coming back. So I think, I don't think we can, we can, uh, we can make any, you know, we can't, uh, who knows, yeah, you know, but it, happens, um, right? it was, it was good to see those guys again. And, and, uh, yeah, everybody, everybody looked like they're having a good day. And, the, and I think the Wayne thing just really added a lot to the whole thing. They were, the, the Yamaha guys were coming back the next day to test. So they would have been on their own, but, uh, we were only there for the one day with Wayne. Did you get a, when you, when you talked to Mike, I mean, like what I, I was saying about his, how emotionally sounded in the post on Facebook about what he saw, did he share that with you? And did he, could you see that when he was there? Yeah, I was actually, I was actually fortunate enough to be standing with Wayne when Mike came up and, and had a little chat with him and he was very emotional and, and very, he had some heartfelt things to say to Wayne and it was really cool. I mean, it just showed that, uh, like you said, we're, we're, we're of the age where we know what Wayne did and we were there for when Wayne did it. And, and those guys are, are in the same boat. They're in the same age group as us. And, uh, yeah, you could see that it really meant a lot to him. Like when Wayne went out, everybody was on the pit wall. And when he came by the, for the first time, people were just clapping and it was, it was pretty cool. It's, it's funny. Cause going up there, um, you know, leading up to going up there is like, yeah, this is a big deal, but it did it's weird. I just didn't, I didn't think it was as big a deal as what I actually was, what you actually felt when it was happening. Mm. And then you're like, wow, this is, this is a huge deal. And then when you see, you know, we put a little teaser clip out on social media. Uh, and then when you see the reaction from, from our fans and from Wayne's fans and, and all over the world, you, you tend to forget what a, a he has a following worldwide and, it, that's you know the numbers are just amazing and the comments are amazing and it's it's uh yeah it, it's it's pretty impactful what what he was able to do and i think it had an impact on a lot of people's lives you know and he you know it, you know again like i said he's modest and stuff but when i talk to him i'm like yeah you just don't know how big this is and how meaningful it is to people and you know, uh, and that's true you know the te the teaser one of the things i loved about how you guys did that and it's one of the things i remember Wayne was one of the first riders back then. Well, a, some of them had helmet designs, not a huge amount did, but Wayne always had a pretty recognizable helmet design that, that evolved. But the one thing about him is he had an absolute logo for his name that I always loved anyway. And, you know, it was very recognizable for that from back then. And he obviously had it on the back of these leathers and you guys, I love how in the teaser, it kind of focused on that and that logo represents him so much and it still looks so such a cool logo even today after all this time it was cool that you guys did that and recognized it and it, that's a thing that you that's an actual logo that does exist right that was designed for him isn't that true yeah it was designed for him and uh and he got the he got the artwork to alpine stars and of course they included it in the leathers and then we ended up going full circle because we needed the artwork back so they sent it back to us and we were <laughs> able to include that at the end of the video um, but you're right. I mean, it's, 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 it's a pretty iconic, 
logo and it's funny it it looks so current today and you know and it was 30 years ago so um yeah it's 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 pretty cool but yeah that's what we knew with that we knew with the um you know including that logo on his back in that teaser and that it would have some impact people would be like what the heck you know yeah. and yeah. it was cool he, his gear looked really good he he looked stylish as he as he used to when he raced and um uh, it all it all came together well. So a couple of years ago, uh, Shoei came out with a new version of that. Uh, I forget what number they're on now. X eleven, possibly of the the rainy helmet. It's got a little difference to the back of it with the aerodynamics. But did did he wear that helmet? The new the new Shoei helmet within his design. Yeah, yeah, he had. Uh, it was a it was a brand new Shoei with uh, with the with the older design. But yeah, it's, that's so it's, cool. And again, that that helmet design looks as good today as it did then. So. Yeah, it's iconic. I mean, it's just amazing. And, you know, it's funny. Um, you probably saw, I didn't even talk to you about this, but the next day um, when I was doing the uh, Throwback Thursday, I had this photo of Robbie Peterson. And I didn't mean to like step on the thing with Wayne, but it was kind of funny that that Robbie wore the leathers that he wore. In 91, he wore the leathers that he wore. I'm sorry, in 92, he wore the leathers, leathers that he wore in 91 when he raced in Formula USA on a YZR 500 in those iconic Marlboro leathers. And in that photo, Robbie's wearing a, a different color variation, but a color of a version of Rainey's helmet, the X8 back then. And it's kind of funny two days in a row that we kind of went with that iconic look. And, and uh, you know, I didn't really intend it to be that way, but it was kind of cool that it sort of related. Did you did you get a kick out of that? I didn't even ask you after I posted that. Yeah, so. it's funny. I mean, it, it, I, it was cool when I came in and, and saw that the throwback Thursday because um, I have a lot of respect and, and admiration for Robbie Peterson. And I like all the Peterson family and they're good people. And so it was kind of cool to see that. And it actually tied in real nice to the to the thing we did with Wayne. And yeah, it was it was it was very cool. But yeah, I remember um, I remember Robbie in those leathers and. And, yeah. and I moved two strokes and it was cool to, to see that photo again. Um, so regarding some other things in the news, I wanted to talk to you about, we're getting towards the end of this podcast. I wanted to ask you, so we've seen a few of our riders that are starting to do some things on an international scale. We put out some information about Dallas Daniels when he raced in uh, Supersport 300 a couple of weeks ago. And it was great to be able to get some reports every day from Dallas. It didn't go all that well for him, but you know, he did, he did race and um, stayed upright and things like that. So on, I think what was a fairly underpowered bike, but you know, he was pretty psyched about continuing to do that. And then, then we got word, you know, Brandon Posh, who had won his championship and in, uh, I think, what is it called? What's the championship in England? Is it Moto Star or something that he, uh, I just know it's and it's like uh, moto, it's equivalent to Moto Three, so Moto Three, yeah. okay. Um, and I think that that series, I think, is that's they're done with that class, I think. So, so he won. I don't know. I don't know a lot about it. Whether he there's been a couple of those, but but he won that championship and earned himself a right to what race in Spain? Is it this weekend? Yeah, he's racing? I think it's this weekend. He's doing a race in Spain, and actually, I think it's with Moto Two. Um, and it's not a Grand Prix, but it's the, it's the big Spanish series. So it'll be interesting to see how he does there. He told me that, yeah. um, and we're going to have him on a podcast here in a couple of weeks. We've just got to sort out the timing, but I told him we'd wait until he knew what he was doing for next year. Cause he's got a couple of different offers, but, uh, the Moto2 bike will definitely fit him a little bit better because he, I mean, he told yeah. me that he really has to squeeze into that, 
that Moto three because he's turned into to be a pretty tall kid. It's crazy to see him on that thing. It's like it's like he's riding around on a football. Looks like a monkey screwing a bowling ball is what it looks like, but uh <laughs> <laughs> that's basically what i was thinking yeah. too you know you can't even be in the c section which i mean i suppose trying to be as, a, as streamlined as he can be but you know he's he's a taller kid it's amazing how quick he's grown and and i'm sure the moto 2 bike will fit him a little better but it might still be a little bit small but the biggest thing i'm thrilled about is the fact that we've seen him um you know testing on the on an r6 for uh celtic hsbk racing so boy i hope he races in super sport next year did has he let on to that at all whether he's going to do that when i talked to him he just he's it seems like he's got a few offers here and there some are in bsb and then obviously here and then um you know maybe some spanish series stuff but he he was pretty he was pretty undecided and that's why I told him we'd talk yeah. to him in a few weeks on for the podcast so that when he finally knew what he was doing. But I think we'll definitely see him, uh, if not for the entire Moto America season, I think we'll see him, you know, a few times for sure. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be great to see him cause he's a good rider. And even when he raced, I think he did uh, what around it, I think it was road America possibly last right. year. Um, and came in and he did that same thing the year before that for that TSE team. Um, and then of course, yesterday we got the press release and put it out about Sean Dylan Kelly. It's interesting. It was a a press release done by team hammer, who is his, his current. And I suppose future super sport team. He was a rookie in our series this year with M4 X star Suzuki. And they put out a press release about essentially giving him permission to, to race uh, next weekend at Valencia, uh, in moto two, uh, correct yeah, two. with, um, that American race. Yeah. And that's kind of a nice symmetry because he's going to be racing with Joe Roberts as a teammate. And uh, truly it's an, um, the team is American racing and they're going to have two American racers on those bikes in that round. So that'll, that'll be nice to see. And it'll be, it'll be really cool for, uh, for Sean Dylan Kelly, for sure. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, we, you know, it's funny how of late we've just started to see some of the momentum that the Moto America series has with, you know, these kids, kids are not all kids, but these guys getting an opportunity to go, you know, ride overseas. And, and it's all comes back to what Wayne really wanted when we started this thing was to give these guys uh, an opportunity and get them to the point where they're, they're noticed by international teams that would want to give them an opportunity. So it, it's really cool. I, I, I texted a little bit with Sean Dillon yesterday and you can tell he's excited and, and happy to be doing it. And, and he'll go over there and, and yeah, he'll have uh, another American in the garage with him and Joe Roberts. And, uh, it'll be interesting to see how those guys do. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's good that they're getting the opportunities. And then, you know, I, I Garrett Gerloff's over at the, the, uh, the big motorcycle show over there. I saw some photos of him today with his team and his new bike and all that. stuff. So it's, it's good. I mean, that's, it's, it's fun to follow those guys and, and, and watch them, you know, get an opportunity to do some different things and it'll be fun to watch, uh, Moto2 from Valencia and it'll, and keep an eye on those guys. And, and I can tell already from, from, from the, the, uh, the input we've gotten from our fans, it's like, it's going to be a little boost. It's going to be a good boost for world Superbike having Garrett there as far as the American audience, because you know what it's like. I mean, you like to, you know, you may not know Garrett, but if you're a fan of the series and you've gone to our races and you watch them on TV, you feel like, you know, him, and it gives you an opportunity to to have somebody to really pull for in the world Superbike championship that we haven't really had. So, um, yeah, it's good. I'm, I, I'm pumped for these guys when they get the opportunity to go do that. 
Yeah. I mean, it's always been for me, you know, I think back, I mean, certainly for you and I, and it's different for you because you were ingrained in the team, but as a fan for me, I mean, obviously Kenny Roberts got me interested in world Grand Prix racing, which, you know, led to Eddie and, and, and Kevin and certainly Wayne is the one that really caught on for me. And I really, I watched every race he was in and, and I was kind of then World Superbike, you know, it, it it took Colin Edwards a little bit for me to get real involved in it and see how that went. And, and you know, it's it's always nice when an American is in it because you can be a fan. And I know we're, we're both MotoGP fans and World Superbike fans, but when you got an American in there to root for as well, it just makes it all that much better. And, and you know, I, I wish him all luck. And I, I just think it's terrific now to see you know, this mission of Moto America being really fulfilled and some of these guys getting, getting noticed. And I know they're doing a lot to make it happen as well, but certainly the, the, the momentum that we've got with Moto America has certainly helped them for a lot. I know it was a case with certainly with, with Garrett um, for sure. So um, I'm really happy to see it. You know, you want to have you know, we still have a lot of talent in the series that we're developing along the way, but you know, you like to kind of see these guys leave the nest a little bit. Um, there, there's a lot of stuff that in that has to be kind of in place. There's some musical chairs going on. I've been trying to figure out for a while, you know, since Jake Gagne left, uh, Shabby racing, got permission. Well, talk to Steve about it. It wasn't permission, but Steve, you know, wished him well, Steve Shabby, you know, they've got to fill that seat. I keep hearing different riders maybe involved in that. Um, I occasionally talk to Andrew Lee's dad, and I know you talk to the writers here and there, but there's a lot of, uh, things that have to come into place. Like we mentioned regarding Celtic HSBK, whether P what PJ Jacobson's doing this year, but it seems like it's one of those things where every year, you know, a lot of pieces have to go in place and some, some people don't know what they're doing because other writers, you don't know, they don't know what they're doing in order to, are they filling their place or are they going somewhere else? It's always interesting, isn't it, in the off season that you never know where everybody's going to end up, but it's starting to come together now. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it, it it'll take a little bit more time, but uh, it'll all come together, and it's it does make it more fun. It's you know, if everybody continues to stick with the same team they're with, and it's just the same thing over and over, it's it it's not as exciting as is when there's some movement, and you know, that's the whole thing. If we can get you know, if we get some more teams and we get some more bikes in here and we get guys going to Europe and then other guys moving up to replace them and you get that whole cycle going, you know, then we're suddenly back to where we were in the quote unquote good old days when, uh, when there were a lot of factory riders and a lot of movement between teams and, you know, maybe one team would steal another guy's, another team's rider. And, you know, that, that's exciting stuff. And the fans like to read about that and, and watch that, you know, as it goes on in the off season. So the, the fact that we're starting to get a little bit of that more back into the series, it's, 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 it's good and it makes it more fun for everybody. You know, one of the things I want to talk to you about, Paul, uh, at the end of this podcast is this new wrinkle that you, you've added to Moto America, which I'm completely 100% jealous about because, as I mentioned, I, I'm in, well, I'm not in Southern Ohio, but I'm in Ohio and logistically I can't really be in this uh, Costa Mesa office where you are when you've been recording these riders, the riders turn segments, but they look like they're a lot of fun and they've been really popular. It sounds like you're going to do some more coming up. Uh, tell us some insights on that, what that's like to sit with the rider and are, do you get a sense that the, it seems like the riders enjoy it, the one we you've done with uh, Heron and girl off it looks like a chance for them for them to sit down and kind of talk about a race from is, is as much fun for them as it is for us to watch it would you say that's the case yeah i think they've enjoyed it i mean we i think 
we started with the right guy with Josh Heron, because um, he it, not only was he close, but uh, you know he kind of has a pretty good grasp of that, and I didn't have to do a lot of explaining for him to to get on board and kind of know what we were looking to do. Um, and he did a good job with the first one, and then and then we had something to show the other guys. So you know when I when I tell when I tell when I tell Tony Elias about it, you know I'm able to send him the clip of Josh so that he understands what it is. Uh, he's in Europe now for for a couple of weeks, and then he's going to come in and we'll do the same thing. He'll he'll choose a race, um, and we can go through that. Uh, I'm trying to get Cameron to come next week, uh, and he'll also choose a race, and we can talk about that. But I think um, you know, from a fan standpoint, I just think it's something that that's different. Um, I don't recall seeing it. I'm not going to say in any sport, but I nothing comes to mind where I could where I've actually been able to see the star of, of whatever it was, whether it was a game or, or a race or something actually, you know, explain why they did this and how this came about and, and just actually like talk to me as a fan and, and explain what, what they were thinking. You know, you're always hearing commentating from commentators and that's great, but it's always a little different to hear it, you know, from the horse's mouth, so to speak. So I think it's been interesting. It's been fun to do. It's fun for me to sit there and, you know, my job is really just to kind of moderate it and, and keep things going by, you know, asking them questions that I would think maybe the fan doesn't know or I don't know. Um, so that that's how I look at it in my role is to just try to keep them talking and, and try to pull some things out of them that uh, that maybe they wouldn't ordinarily say. But no, it's good. And, and it, it's been well received so far. I think the people like it and we're going to continue to do it. Uh, if nothing else, we're at least going to do all the Superbike winners. Um, I got to get JD out here, JD beach. And like I said, we've got Tony and Cameron scheduled to do it. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's cool. Uh, it really is. It's, it's fun. And, and again, our, our guy Doug here has set up the studio real nice and we just go in there and hammer it out and see where it goes. And it's kind of cool. cool. I think, I think they've been really, I, I think the guys that we've had so far have been really honest and, and talkative and and they've explained some things and you know i if i sit there i figure if i'm sitting there and i'm learning something then then our fans are learning something as well so very good yeah you know you know you mentioned that you know it's they don't really do this in other sports the only thing i've ever seen is occasionally they'll have like a a guy talk about an at bat they had and they'll show it or they'll have a football you know a quarterback talk about a play they don't really do a whole game but i i know for a fact because you're as much of a football fan nfl fan as i am i know you'll know this do you remember the the clip that they showed of I think it was a Super Bowl that Joe Montana was in where he he was out in the huddle and all of a sudden he realized John Candy was in the crowd and you do you know about that? No. Oh, no. it's one of the funniest things I ever saw. Joe Montana sitting there and they were they were in a, they were at I don't know what Super Bowl it was. Uh, I can't remember at this point, but he was in the huddle and he was you know, getting ready to run the play. And all of a sudden he, he happened to catch out of the corner of his eye. John Candy, the comedian was in the crowd and he goes, Hey guys, look, there's John Candy. And they all kind of turned around and pointed at him. That's funny. <laughs> it, it, it was one of those insights into, you know, in the middle of a, a Super Bowl. Right. That he would suddenly do that. And that's kind of the impression I got more from Heron than from Gerloff. But the fact that some of the stuff that Josh Heron said, he was, thinking about during that race surprised me and it was kind of delightful to let go why he was really thinking about that at that moment we've got we've gotten a little bit of insight on that before with josh because we've heard josh say that sometimes he'll be looking at the 
this the screen, the jumbotron to see where a rider behind yeah. him is. It always makes me laugh what's on his mind along the way. So I love that feature and I can't wait to, you know, Tony will be great too. I mean, for sure. Any, any of the riders will be really good to just see what they're thinking, but especially through a whole race, because that part where, you know, for instance, when Heron said on the start line, he always feels a little bit sick. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like he never gets used to it. So I, it's great stuff. I, I We got to keep that going for sure. Yeah, And I think it just shows that, you know, they're just like the rest of us, you know, they get yeah. nervous, they get this, they get that. I think, you know, there's a lot of differences with them. Um, and I think that's probably why they're as good as they are. Cause when I'm sitting there talking to them and I try to picture myself as them, I'm, I would overthink the crap out of it and it would probably make me slower, you know, where they, they, oh, I would do. Yeah. they don't overthink things. I think com- things come at them a lot slower than what they would come at us us just because they're used to it um and it's so i think it's interesting you know especially i think it's got to be interesting to to you know a track day guy uh especially if we there's going to be guys that uh that do track days at some of the tracks that we go to that actually can listen to cameron bobier talk about his race at that track i think that's got to be really interesting to to uh to somebody like that but uh as far as like other sports go and i mean i love the nfl when they have those guys mic'd up because it's just like, yeah. like you're, you, you, it puts you down on the sidelines or it puts you in the game that you're not, it's stuff that you're not privy to normally, you know? So it's, I think it makes it fun. And this is kind of like, it's kind of like that, what this is. We have these guys mic'd up for an entire race. Okay. The race has already happened, but they can kind of relive it and tell us exactly what was going on. Yeah. It's a great feature. I'm looking forward to more of that. And if you're saying it, Tony Elias and, you know, JD, I mean, it'll be great to, and Cameron, of course, you know, hearing what those guys have to say. And each of them are so diff- such different guys that it's going to be great to get their perspective on that along the way. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see if when you do it with Tony, Paul, if he's going to jump up on the table or, you know, what he, what he might be doing during the thing. So. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, again, it's, it's, it's my job to kind of get him going. And, and I try to give him crap whenever I can and, and make them laugh and we can have a little bit of fun with it and it kind of loosens them up and, and you kind of, you know, end up finding out some stuff that maybe you wouldn't, wouldn't ordinarily find out. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's fun to do. And, uh, yeah, we'll get those other guys in here and get them going, but, uh, yeah, yeah it'll be good. Yeah, and be really good. It's also, you know, it's really good content for the off season. Um, you know, people are missing the races and this gives them another chance to, to see the races again, but with a completely different twist. So, yeah. And I think we've gotten a lot of good favorable comments from people that are getting to see the races on when we run them on Facebook and YouTube too. It's nice that we're able to do that during the off season and, uh, you know, kind of continue it year round. And it's, it's great for people to, even if they, you know, certainly a lot of people that saw it when it happened or watched on Moto America live can rewatch it. And then these people that maybe didn't, can see it and go, you know, I, maybe next year, I, I really need to watch these races when they happen. So it's, it's a great thing that we're doing all year round for us. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled with all the stuff that we've got going on. It's, uh, it's, it's already been our best off season ever. And, and it's going to continue to, to be the off season as we move into, you know, what I like to call the preseason instead of the off season. Yeah. It won't be and long. Yeah. We're here. No, it's, it's kind of scary. You know, the, I think our homepage now on the website has a countdown clock. I was looking at it the other day and I'm like, Oh no, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's always fun. It's, it's a good, it's, I got to ride bicycles the other day with Josh Heron, which is, he, he, he just moved like three, three miles from the office. So 
Um, I've got the chance to ride bicycles with him a couple of times and some of the other guys will start to make their way through town and they always stop in and, and say hello. So it's kind of, it's kind of fun. That's amazing. I love it. You're in a good spot. I'm jealous. Yeah. That's <laughs> nah, okay. You know, you're in Southern or Northern or Central or Eastern or Western Ohio. You can't complain. 27 year, 27 <laughs> degrees here today, as a matter of fact, oh, but it, wow. is, but it is sunny. It's 82, 82 and sunny here. <laughs> It's cold everywhere, but it's never cold in Southern California. It's like room temperature always. I can't, I can't get over it. So, but anyway, hey, wow, Paul, we are. <laughs> Paul, we did, gosh, we did uh, about 45 minutes worth of, of uh, podcast. Just you and I, we can, we can carry on. No problem. Yeah. If it, if it was you and me every week, we could get to two, three hours, but um, <laughs> we can't allow that to happen. And we, we're, we've got a good guest coming up next week. I'm not going to say who it is. Um, and then we'll, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's, we get to schedule new people every week and, and chat with them and it's all good. Yeah. It's good stuff. We have great guys in our series. So you can cut me off now. <laughs> well, you can do the closing if you want. I did the opening. All right. I'll do the closing. Well, thank right. you for joining me. Um, again, I'm, I'm pumped on, on, uh, on what we got to do with Wayne. I'm, I'm really happy for him. It's, uh, it was amazing to watch. It was amazing to be a part of. And uh, it's also nice that today we get to share that with, with the rest of the world and, and the responses we've been getting from that have been amazing. And it was nice to chat with you today. And uh, thanks to our listeners for, uh, for being loyal and, and, and hearing us out every single week, uh, whether we have a guest or whether we're just born and with you and me, but uh, it's kind of cool and, and they seem to like it. And I will be back with you next week and we'll do it again, Sean. Okay. Sounds good, Paul. Thanks a lot. Have a good day. All right. You have a nice weekend. Thank you. Right. Bye-bye. Again, Sean.